It will not be anything but an ordinary day. The sun will come up on time. People will get in their automobiles and head to work. It will just be a normal time. It will be a day when you suspect nothing different. It would just be a day of going to work, eating lunch with those you normally do, perhaps even coming home, getting ready for dinner, helping your kids with their homework, going through your normal routine of every day. We all have them. It would just be another day. It won't be a day that has anything prophetic written in the sky. There will be no morning headlines. There will be no news alert. There will be nothing but just ordinary, normal times. But it will be a day that will be carved out in history of the greatest day of all mankind, because it will be the day that Jesus comes. You see, we, we live every day and we go through every, every day often forgetting why we even have church, why we have preaching, why we have singing, why we, we do all of these things. Let me tell you, it was preached about much, much more when I was a kid. There was instilled within us a great fear and respect for the day of the coming of the Lord. And we have become such busy people. And we have, we have, we have made our way through life doing the things that we enjoy and trying to make a living and Keeping everybody happy, going through the motions of everyday life. And often we have forgotten that He's still coming. My subject today is just a reminder Jesus is coming. He hasn't changed His mind, He hasn't changed His word. It's still going to happen. When I was just a lad of a boy, it was, it was instilled in me. We have to get ready. Jesus is coming. I remember, I remember the Six Day War back in the late sixties. I remember that. I remember being at youth camp. I remember the fear that ran through everybody when things started happening in the Middle East. And then there have been other things that have come along. Some have tried to predict it, but it's not predictable. I remember 88 reasons why the Lord was going to come in 1988. And everybody was scared to death. I remember Y2K. And people were saying, surely this is when the Lord is about to come. But He hasn't come yet. I'm not here today to to preach a fear-mongering 
sermon to you. I've come here today to tell you something that is very real. And as surely as I stand behind this sacred desk this morning, Jesus is coming again. He is coming for a people who have made themselves ready. The prophecies of this book called the Bible are more real and genuine today than they have ever been in the history of mankind. As a matter of fact, in, in, in Matthew 24, the Bible said that Jesus sat down with His disciples Verse 3, the Bible said he sat upon the Mount of Olives and the disciples came unto him privately. And they said to him, tell us, when shall those these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Notice that. He said, what are the signs? The disciples were curious and They were just trying to get a grip and a handle on on what Jesus was was saying to them. And and they said, well, what is the signs of of your coming? And when is the end of the world going to be, Jesus? What what do we need to look for? How, How are we going to know? And it was in Matthew 24 that Jesus began to expound on and, and give light to things that were going to happen and things that were coming to pass. Let me, let me just take my Bible for a moment and read just a, a few things to you because you need to hear this so you'll know where we are. He, he said, first of all, take heed that no man deceive you. Be careful. Because there's going to be people trying to deceive you. There's going to be a lot of folks that are going to come in my name. And they're going to say, I am Christ. And they're going to deceive a lot of people. Don't be deceived. Then he said, you're going to hear of wars. And rumors of wars. And don't be troubled. Because the end is not yet. These things, he said, are going to have to come to pass. He said, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There are going to be famines. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be earthquakes in different places. Are you aware? Are you aware how many earthquakes are happening now compared to what used to? Are you aware of the famines and the pestilence of the world, how how many things are happening around our world that is truly biblical prophecies. Are you aware of that? Then he he kept talking to them. He he said these are just the beginning of sorrows, and he talked about false prophets arising. He talked about sin abounding. And he said, he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So it tells me there's some tough times in the last days. 
But I, it's, it's been two or three weeks now that I have not been able to escape the feelings and the thoughts and perhaps, perhaps the Lord is just speaking to me, but what He speaks to me, I speak to you today. Because we are living in the worst times of the history of the world. When, when a governor stood a few days ago and talked about aborting a baby that was already born and how that they would, would make it very easy just depending on what the mother wanted to do. This is not a baby that's in the womb. This is a baby that has already taken a breath. Many are calling it infocide because they're killing children in our world. When we are living in the times like, like we're seeing today where sin and iniquity and the degradation and the moral depravity of men is lower than it's ever been. We've never experienced a day like this day. I know you get tired of me saying all of that, but, but you see, in order to, to make it understandable, you just go to the Bible and you start reading what is supposed to happen. During the days of the coming of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you today. I told the Lord this morning. I've told the Lord this week. I've told the Lord last week. Whatever it takes, save me. I want to go in the rapture of the church. I want to be ready for the second coming of the Lord. Whatever it takes, save me. I'd rather lose an eye. I'd rather lose a limb. I'd rather lose my life than to be lost in this last generation. And we are living in a very hardened time. I want to tell you how it is. You can believe this or not. I'm just going to be very, very honest with you today. 47, 48 years ago when I started preaching... I want to tell you, you could preach about the coming of Jesus Christ and the altars would fill up before you could get through preaching. But today, you can preach about the coming of the Lord and here's where we are. They're just like the Bible prophesied when the prophet picked up his pen and said, in the last days, they're going to scoff and they're going to mock and they're going to say, where are the signs of His coming since the promise of our fathers? I want to tell you where the signs are. They are all around you. They're everywhere you see. They're looking you in the eye today. We are they upon whom the ends of the world have come. So, why today, preacher? Because you better hear it. On down, when you get to verse 37, he talks about a lot of different things. But when you get to verse 37 of Matthew 24, here's what Jesus said. He said, but as as the days of Noah were, so shall it be. Also, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the the days that were before the flood, they were eating, and they were drinking, they were marrying, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah 
entered into the ark and knew not. Notice. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So, Jesus said, shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Here's what he said. Could I paraphrase it for you? There's going to be two carpenters. One holding one end of the board, the other the other, and suddenly one's going to be gone. There's going to be two mechanics, Ronnie Cup, looking at a car somewhere. One's going to be gone, the other's going to be standing there by himself. There's going to be two judges, judge. One's going to leave, the other one's going to stay. There's going to be two doctors. One's going to leave, the other one's going to stay. He just simply breaks it down. And he said, there's going to be two in the field. One's going to be taken, the other's going to be left. There's going to be two women grinding at the meal. There's going to be people at work. And one's going to be taken, and the other's going to be left. He said, watch, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known and what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have suffered his house not to be, or to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. You don't know. It's going to be an ordinary day. I may be just, look, I've, I've pictured it in my mind. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's cars that are going in the ditch. There's cars that are running off the bridge and into the river. There's people in chaotic condition because suddenly a family member is gone. Suddenly their children aren't there anymore. They can't find who they're looking for. This world is going to come to a grinding, screeching halt in a moment's time. When Jesus comes, this church will be packed within a few minutes. Won't take long. Backsliders will pour out of their houses and jump in their vehicles and do their best to get to this place. Trying to find God. Let me tell you something. If you're living in this room today and you're not living ready for the rapture of the, live, of the church of the living God, I would not leave this building today. You say, preacher, you're trying to scare us. No, I'm not. I'm telling you it's going to be, a, it may be a Sunday. It may be while we're sitting right here. It may be before I get through preaching. It, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I am as convinced this morning as I've ever been in my lifetime that Jesus Christ is coming for His church. And if you're not ready, you're going to miss the rapture of the church. Some of you have heard that all of your life. And yet you'll take your chances. You're a gambler. You'll take your chances. You'll keep living in your illicit lifestyle. You'll keep living and getting up going to work every day and hoping that you'll get it right. Let me tell you, there's going to be a day when there is no hope.
Matthew 25. Verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Everybody say, we are the bride. Say, he is the bridegroom. This is a... This is a continuation of Matthew 24. He said, there's going to be heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins which took their lamps and went to meet by And five of them were wise and five were foolish. That They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessel with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, He's, he's waiting. They all went to sleep. They all slumbered. And at midnight, maybe in the middle of the night, at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil. For our all, our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go rather to them that sail and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to meet to the marriage and the door. Notice this, the door was shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let me, let me, let me, let me paint you a picture today. Because you see... In Noah, the Bible, I read it to you where he said, it's going to be like Noah's day. Noah preached. Noah preached about 120 years. Noah couldn't get anybody to believe what he was saying. And the longer he preached, the more used to it they got. And the more used to it they got, the longer they ignored what he had to say. And so finally, here's Noah. He's just doing what God said do. He goes out, gets all the animals, brings them in the ark, gets his family in the ark, and walks up the gangplank for the last time. Let me tell you what happened. The Bible said that God shut the door. Everybody say, shut the door. He shut the door. And when Noah and his family, Noah, Ham, Shem, Japheth, all of their wives, eight people in an ark, that's it. That's it. All the animals that God instructed and beget. And suddenly, the cloud came up. The lightning streaked across the sky. And the rain started to fall. Nobody had ever seen it do what it's about to do. Wasn't too bad the first day, Brother Eric. Wasn't too bad the second day. Wasn't too bad the third day. Suddenly they realized that the rain wasn't stopping. And then, and then first thing you know, it's, it's, it's puddling. And it's forming little, little creeks and rivers. And, and it's rising. And it's, and it's getting higher. 
And they're going to the higher places trying to escape. And finally somebody says, hey, do you think that old boy knew what he was talking about? Do you think? Let me paint you a picture today. Because as sure as I'm standing here, there were people pounding on that ark. Pounding on the side of that boat. Noah! Noah! Can you just open up? Let us in. <coughs> he said, I'm sorry. I didn't shut the door. God shut the door. I can't open the door. God did this. The rains came. And the floods came. And people climbed to the highest hill. And they got on rooftops. And they done everything they could to escape the judgments of God. As it were in the days of Noah. So shall it be. So shall it be. When God shuts the door, it's a done deal. I want to talk to you just a minute today. You have your chance to pray. You have your chance to get your life straightened out. You have your chance to repent right now. You have your chance to get oil in your lap right now. You have your chance to get on the boat right now. But when God says it's over, and He turns to the angel and says, Blow that trumpet. And that trump of God sounds. And the rapture of the church takes place. And the dead in Christ rise first. And we which are alive and remain are caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. I want to tell you the door is forever shut. There will not be another chance to pray. You can feel this building up. You can pray and scream and cry for hours. You can run. You can beg. You can plead. You can look. You can do all you want to do. But when the rapture of the church takes place, the day of the Gentile is over. And you will never have another chance to be saved. So why are you preaching like you're preaching? Because it's going to be an ordinary day. You may get up on a Sunday morning and comb your hair and brush your teeth and get in your automobile and drive toward the church. It may happen while we're sitting here. It may happen on a Wednesday night. I pray God not because some of you sure aren't going. I pray that it would come when we're having an apostolic move of God and some of you are crying and preaching or praying and seeking God while the preacher's trying to preach. I'm here to tell you it's going to be an ordinary day. But when God's great hand shuts the door, honey, it's over with! And you will never have another chance to be saved. <coughs> you really believe that, preacher? You better believe I believe that. You better believe I believe that. He said it again in Mark thirteen thirty two, But of the day and that hour no man knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son of Man, but the Father. Take heed, he said, watch and pray, 
For ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. So he said, Watch therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh. At even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, unto you I say unto all, watch. Somebody say watch. You better get up every morning. You better go to bed every night knowing that Jesus is coming. You better repent every day. You better live a lifestyle that's ready. You better get up. You Look, if I wasn't ready to meet God in this church today, I won't tell you I would not leave this building until I knew me and Him had it right today. I'd discard everything in my life this morning that was keeping me out of the rapture of the church. There is no way in God's world I'd gamble on what day it's going to be. There's no way I would gamble if it's going to be another five years or ten years because it may be a day. It may be today. It may be this week. It may, I don't know why God is pushing me to preach the way I'm preaching today. He's had it on me for a couple of weeks now. But I will tell you this. There's a lot of people that's going to be lost because it was in Noah's day. It was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was in those times and it will be in this time because you think you've got God figured out. Because He hasn't come when you thought He ought to come. He hasn't showed up when you thought He ought to show up. And now you're just walking your path and living your life as if there is ever tomorrow. I want to preach to you one more time. I remind you, Jesus is coming. And you better get ready for the rapture of the church. I hurry. Paul said to Timothy, he said this, no. Second Timothy 3 and 1. I'll begin at verse 3 as a matter of fact. This know also that in the last days, everybody say the last days, perilous times shall come. Here's what he said about the last days. Watch this. Men are going to be lovers of their own selves. They're going to be covetous. They're going to be boasters. They're going to be proud. They're going to be blasphemers. They're going to be disobedient to parents. They're going to be unthankful and unholy. Men are going to be without natural affection. That's homosexuality. They can march in this church all, or in front of this church all they want to, but I'm going to declare today that homosexuality is still sin. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. My God, is that our world? Traitors, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having, watch this, having a form of godliness. We'll sing. We'll pray. 
We'll go through the motions. We just got a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. You know where the power's at? In the Holy Ghost. The power's in the Holy Ghost. The power's when you get full of the Holy Ghost. I don't care how much you raise your hand. I don't care how much you say you are. I don't care who you think you are. If you deny the power of the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you, you are just having a form of godliness. You're just going through the motions. And it's not going to get you any higher than you could jump when the rapture takes place. He said, from such turn away. He said, get away from that stuff. For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sin, led away with divers lust, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus is coming. It won't be long till Jesus comes. If you're in this room today and you go to hell, you'll do it on your own. Because I came not with a popular sermon today. I didn't come with a feel-good sermon today. I didn't come here today trying to trying to scare you. But I didn't come here to pat you on the back and tell you, oh, it's going to be okay. Just keep living like you're living. You'll get it straight. Everyone. No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you, change your path. Change your lifestyle. Change what you're doing. Fall at the foot of the cross and let the Jesus that died for you cover you in blood and wash your sins away. I want to tell you, I know later than this very day, I ask the Lord to cover me with the blood of Jesus Christ. Cover me with your blood, Jesus. Jesus is coming. I don't know when it's going to be. It's just going to be an ordinary day. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? And to that, if he just put it in all the papers, put it on all the newscasts, wouldn't it be great? Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and NBC and CBS and ABC and whatever else you want to name. If it all flashed up in the morning, today's the day, folks. Jesus is coming. Sorry, it's not going to happen that way. Here's what Jesus done. He sent you a preacher on a Sunday morning to tell you what his word said. And you better hear the preacher this morning because Jesus is coming. What a day. I hadn't preached like this in a long time, but listen to me. When I was a kid, it was so instilled in me. I know you've heard me tell this, but some of you may not have. But I'd come in from school, Daryl, and if my mom and dad didn't answer to my call, I was on the phone. This is literally the truth. I was trying to find out where they were. And if I couldn't find them, I was called the most spiritual person I knew. Because I was afraid that I was left. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Richard? That's the way we was raised. And we had we had a deep, deep fear in us. Jesus is coming. You know what? 
I've been alive 65, almost 66 years now. And i got to tell you, some of that awareness is, is wore off. So, Doris, I have to go back to Jesus. And I have to say, Lord, sharpen my mind today. Lord, stir me up today. Lord, let me remember one more time today. Because that's going to be a... It's going to be a glad day for some folks. It's going to be an awesome day for the church. But it's going to be a day of catastrophe for those who are not ready to meet God. You don't want to be left behind. You don't want to lose out with God. You don't want to Oh, oh, oh. If I could do what I really would love to do today, I'd reach out and grab some of you because I know where you are and the lifestyle you're living and the, and you're good people and you're, you want to be right, but you're struggling. Quit struggling and say it's not worth going to hell over. I'm getting myself to that altar and I'm getting myself straightened out today because I don't want to miss the rapture. Stand with me all over this house. Many of you relate to what I'm preaching today. I look around this room. You was raised in my generation. All up in the balcony. Rush, do you remember? Boy, we were, we were, we were growing up. We just, we get calloused. We get to thinking, oh, well, it's not really going to happen. Look at me this morning. Look at me. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm warning you. I'm warning you just like Noah warned the people that walked by his boat every day. It's going to happen. I promise you it's going to happen. It's about to take place. Every prophecy you can read is happening and happened. It's going to happen. Why are we lingering? And why have we backed up and said, oh, well, I'll wait. I got a few more things I want to do, preacher. I'll just take my chances this Sunday. Oh. I don't want to sing one song today. I'm open to these altars for people that want to repent. That people want to get ready for the rapture of the church. I'm going to just give a mass altar call for whosoever will this morning. I don't know how else to do it. I just know this. we got to do something. Because Jesus is coming. He's coming real soon. If you want to be ready, you might want to step out from where you are. Quit worrying about what anybody says or what anybody thinks and run to this altar this morning. Come on. I got to get ready. It's such an hour as you think not. The thief's coming in the middle of the night. He's coming when you don't expect him. I want you husbands and wives to go together 
I want your children to go with you. I, I need, I need, I need, I need you, Jesus. I wish somebody just cry out to him this morning. It's okay. Don't be ashamed. I wish somebody cry out today. I wish somebody cry out, Father. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to miss the coming of the Lord. It's a solemn hour, but we got to be brought. We got to be brought to the truth this morning. Look, here's what I challenge you to do. Get everything out of your life that would keep you out of the rapture of the church. Pray until you talk in tongues this morning. Pray until God refreshes you and renews you in the Holy Ghost. And then go out of here saying, I'm not going to go go to that place anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to live my life according to the Scriptures. I'm going to live according to the Word of God. Come on now. Come on now. The Holy Ghost is touching us here today. The Holy Ghost is touching us here today. It's just a reminder Jesus is coming. It's just a reminder the day is far spent. The day is far spent. It's just a reminder we don't have long. We're, we're, we're not in this playing games. This is not just go to church for a social club. We're getting ready for the rapture. Oh, 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 save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Don't let us be lost. Whatever the cost, don't let us be lost. Don't let us go to hell. Don't let us miss the rapture of the church.